actually is a podcast about reimagining the way we approach the entirety of the birthing year. Margot's goal is to combine her radical imagination with her knack for strategizing to bolster the birth revolution and a larger global revolution of feminine consciousness. Actually is a production of the Indie Birth Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Now here's your host, midwife and teacher, Margot Blackstone. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Margot here, and today I am really excited to be talking with another lovely birth worker about their business and giving some business coaching and insight in any way possible and recording it for all of you to listen and learn from. So I'm super excited today to have Stacy Ramsauer of Sacred Body here with me. Um, and she is doing all kinds of really amazing things. And I'm super excited to help come up with some ideas to get it into the hands of more people and just make it all feel really good and successful and thriving for her. If we can figure that out, I guess I'll just turn it over to you to describe what it is you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself and give me a foundation. I already know a little bit about you, but it's always fun to have people tell me on the fly too. And I always learn more about what it is I do <laughs> when I have to answer that question. That's right. I've been working in women's sexuality, emotional, kind of holistic health, and then birth work for the last, all of that together, four years. And what I have been primarily offering in the last two years is what I just have described as coaching. So it's a pretty holistic level of support that includes food and sex and sexuality. And generally the people who find me have some kind of background experience involving either disordered eating or some degree of sexual trauma or are working through, maybe they wouldn't define it as trauma, but a block that showed up when they got pregnant or when they got married or when they became a mom. And where I'm at right now with my business is as a mother pregnant with my second, there's so much that I want to offer. And I actually listened to the most recent podcast, Marin's most recent podcast yesterday. It was like this theme of focus my bandwidth is limited mm -hmm. and I want to talk about all these things. I can talk about all these things. I'm passionate about lots and lots of things and I need to focus because I can't do it all. And when I try to, I'm not doing it or at least not getting the traction that I know I can get from the work that I offer because I do feel that what I have to say about pregnancy, birth, motherhood, self-care is quite unique. And mm -hmm. where I'm at is I feel really passionate about the transformation that is motherhood. And so much of 
what's out there leaves out sexuality in a really big, profound, important way. And I'm not talking about orgasmic birth. We're not even like in that realm whatsoever. This is about what did you learn about pleasure and having a body and expressing yourself in this visceral, physical reality that you are? And how is that impacting your relationship to other people, your relationship to autonomy, your relationship to power, and the sort of conditioned trauma responses that I would argue most women have when it comes to quote unquote authority figures and whether we perceive a doctor, our partner, midwife, like whomever we put in a position of authority, there just tends to be that like external deferment of power um, that can be really clearly addressed by looking at our patterns around sexuality and pleasure and nourishment and asking explicitly for the things that we want. So that was a long-winded answer, but (laughs) that's where I'm at. That's what I offer. That's what I want to talk about with people and really explicitly root my business in. Yeah, I know that's amazing. And I think calls attention to something I bet we'll talk a lot about in the next little bit here which is you definitely have a unique perspective. As I was, I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last year, I feel like in the Birth Warrior Project and other ways, but reading through your website and looking at your offerings, like you're blending like the Ayurvedic stuff, the somatic experiencing stuff. Yeah. And then it's just really unique and very cool, rich, deep thing that you're doing. So I think that's really exciting. And I think also is probably part of what makes it tricky sometimes to like loop people in because it's a lot. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more too about re- what, it, where did you start? And then you've added in obviously like birth and postpartum doula stuff, or maybe that's where you started. Tell me a little bit about like the layering of all of these philosophies and approaches. Like how, where did it start? What was the timeline like for that? I was a full-time yoga teacher. And so working with, the body has always been my work. And then I started working with a personal mentor in the realm of Ayurveda and that system of thought as it relates to like personal healing. And within the system of Ayurveda, there's a very strong component of that teaching that has to do with pre-birth and birth experiences having a massive influence on us. And so that kind of revelation for how my pre-birth and birth experiences were impacting me prompted me to become a doula. And I did my doula training in New York City with carriage house birth. And when I was living in Houston at the time, and when I got back to Houston, I like got rolling really quickly. I had a very busy first year supporting primarily hospital birth. And At the time, I do, I will say this, I experienced a lot of really wonderful births. And in retrospect, knowing what I know now, there was also a lot going on that was pretty shocking because it was primarily hospital birth. And so I have more language around that now 
of the ritual of hospital birth and things that happen that often are quite unnecessary. So long story short, after a year of supporting like three to four births a month, I had a miscarriage and that loss prompted really in-depth study of traditional postpartum care and Ayurveda for women's reproductive health. And I studied somatic sex education and started weaving all of these pieces together in in light of my loss and all like the very unique experience that pregnancy loss is. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. That helps give me like a more full picture of your background, which again is just super intriguing and so valuable to be offering people your experience and your wisdom in all these spaces. Yeah. So let's, so the other thing that's unique is that you already have created some courses. And I guess the segue here is that one of them is loss, correct? Grief support, physical healing for pregnancy loss, which is amazing. I had no idea that you offered this and I definitely would have sent several or maybe more than several people your direction for this year. So just a pat on the back in in terms of, yes, this is needed in case you were wondering if it is, (laughs) like, it's so needed. Yeah. Oh, go for it. No, I was just going to say thank you. It was a real, like, passion project of mine, and I've deliberately made something that's short, very inexpensive, and as accessible as possible. But I also, it's, like, rich. (laughs) I feel very good about that offering, so I'm so glad that there was appeal for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. Maybe I'll just quickly read the description for people who are listening to sacred ground, grief support and physical healing for pregnancy loss, miscarriage, abortion, stillbirth, take time to honor the unique grief of pregnancy loss and replenish your sacred body and its newfound tenderness. Learn to dialogue with your ancestors through the portal of your womb and relearn how to access and receive deep pleasure in your body. So amazing. And the other course, or it looks like maybe you actually have three, right? Yeah. So sex and motherhood digital course. Tell us just like the elevator version of that. That was a live course that I led. It was three weeks and it was for mothers or people at any phase of becoming a mother. Some mothers in the group have 11 year olds and even older. To address the sometimes like shocking transformation that motherhood brings about to our sexuality, not especially, but my personal experience was considering myself a very highly sexual person and just having my whole experience of sex and my body change and not necessarily, it wasn't pain or anything like that, but just needing something really different and how becoming a mother tends to really clarify boundaries and limits. But if we haven't had practice expressing those boundaries and limits, sex can become something really uh, unpleasurable. So support in that regard, support with just tracking our own personal felt sense of boundaries and desires and getting some practice 
with like self-reflection questions and then expressing needs and feeling more comfortable doing that. Wonderful. Yeah, that was really fun. And so what that course is, just to clarify for people, it's the recorded live sessions and then all the supplemental materials like links to things, readings, journaling prompts. And it's only my face. Like I didn't share anybody, any other participants from the live course, except you'll hear their questions. Perfect. And then tell me about Sacred Body, Sacred Birth. It's a sex positive pregnancy, childbirth and postpartum education for partners. Yeah. So that is in progress. That's what I'm working on in the background. I feel really strongly about the poor quality of childbirth education out there. So this was, this is my placeholder for the course that I intend to create. Okay. So it's a work in progress. Yes. Yes. That's not an active course yet. Okay. And then let's see here. Are you also actively taking doula clients? Yes. So in Tucson, which is where I am, something that I would like to do is more virtual support. So people who are looking for support like what I offer in their partnership for themselves, more virtual support to just get on the same page around the birth that is being envisioned and helping couples prepare for this unbelievable trans transition. I also really love, I love the Ayurvedic model of postpartum care as it relates to food, because I think for a lot of women, that's, there's a lot of medicine there. There's a lot of medicine for the emotional aspect of food and also just really practical ways to support yourself hormonally and mentally through the postpartum transition with food. So I do have birth and postpartum clients in person in Tucson that I serve. The last year of the pandemic has shifted my work because I'm trained in internal pelvic floor body work through several different people, but that's something that I'm super passionate about offering and have not been able to. It hasn't felt good to me to invite people into my home, which is where my workspace is. And so figuring out new ways to work with that wisdom. There's a big, broad world out there of people that I could be supporting that don't necessarily need to be in person with me. Sure, totally. So my first big question for you is with your business kind of what percent of it would you like to be focused on these courses Mm. versus coaching versus in-person and not that maybe these are discrete categories, but as you have it on your website, you have a coaching category and then a birth and postpartum support. So so to me, those are it, which I guess I have a follow-up question momentarily, but so what percentage of your business would you like to have be focused on courses birth and postpartum support, and then coaching? I think I would like to have 50% of my business based on the courses. 
Okay. Uh, I love teaching and I love working with groups. And there's also the freedom that comes from like a digital course that people can do on their own time as I raise my babies that feels like where I'm at right now. I would like 50% of my business to be in the courses. And then probably dividing the coaching and the birth postpartum support equally in half to have a birth, to have a perinatal client like each month and then one or two coaching clients a month at this point feels sustainable and realistic. Okay. And so when you say perinatal client, is that the virtual doula support? Is that at some point, are you doing any like actual attendance? I am. I'm attending home births in Tucson, which there aren't many because there aren't many midwives here. Yeah. Let's fix that. Seriously. (laughs) That's another another podcast perhaps, but so if you're out there in Tucson listening and you want to be a midwife, get in touch. Yes. Okay, so you said one doula client and one or two coaching clients. Yeah. And so I know about your offerings. I have an understanding of the terminology. If I was somebody who didn't, and not that I'm like a total expert or anything, but I think I have a pretty good grasp. But for somebody who maybe hasn't heard of some of this that you offer, mm-hmm. what kind of coaching, if you had to sum it up in like a couple words? Like what, like blank coaching or blank, what is coaching is this? Reproductive and sexual health. Coaching. Okay. So even that, let's see, I guess an assignment I would give to you is to, because I don't know that I would necessarily know what that meant. It's a thought under services on your website, which is beautiful and like such like a minimalist dream (laughs) (laughs) are so calming and wonderful. So under services, you have coaching, birth and postpartum support, and then package options. A thought I had, which I don't want to talk too much about, especially since people who are listening won't be able to see it. So it'd be boring, but I would combine the birth and postpartum support and the package options into Uh just one page. Okay. I would put the package, I would put all of that stuff that's on the package options page underneath the birth and postpartum support that you already have there. Okay. So there's just one. So then you'll only have three things under services. You'll have coaching, birth and postpartum support and courses. And then I would add some of that language. And this is something that I struggle with is being really like succinct, especially when you're offering something that is so out of the box and so rich and so deep it can be really hard to find some kind of common language that's also really concise. So either whether that's adding reproductive and sexual health coaching, so it does not, doesn't just say coaching, I don't know, just something to help people understand a little bit more like what kind of coaching it is that yeah. um, they would get. I think that would be helpful as a thought I wanted to share with you. Uh, and then... Yeah. So I guess we could take this a couple directions and I want this to be as useful to you as possible. So I will let you decide since it's unique that you have some courses, some online courses, we could totally focus on that and talk about like how to get those in front of more people. Since that's what you said, you're wanting 50% of your business to be. Mm -hmm. We could also talk about getting in, in person or virtual coaching and doula clients 
or talk about like struggles you've had in those areas. So I'll leave it up to you, which direction we take it. If we get to all of it, that'd be cool. But I have a feeling we'll probably only be able to do one of those directions. What comes up is just in general, getting in front of more eyes, like becoming more visible feels like a challenge to me. And I think some of it, as I mentioned to you, is I know a tendency about myself is that I, I'm interested in a lot of things. So my it can be difficult for me to rein in my focus. But mm-hmm. I think there's also a bit of like self-doubt contributing to that. Of, is this good enough? Do people like this? Should I pivot? Should I incorporate this other thing to make it a stronger offering and undermine myself in getting traction? Is this course good enough? Is it not getting the attention that I think it deserves because it's whatever? This, like being really consistent with messaging or an offer or an ad or something like that sort of advice would be super helpful for me. Cool. Yeah, let's talk about that then, because I think I have some other episodes with people who are not in that space of doing coursework. So I think that's really valuable, both for you and for people listening. First, let's hear a little bit about what you've already done in terms of visibility. You also have a podcast and you have a newsletter list, it looks like. So maybe tell me a little bit about those and then any other things you're already doing to be more visible. My newsletter, which I've been building for years that started with my yoga students, and I feel like I've had really good retention, so that makes me feel good. I don't send a ton, but people like what I send, apparently. And I have a, I feel like I have a pretty robust social media presence. I'm not like an expert. I'm not there every single day. I try to pace myself when it comes to social media, but that's... Instagram is how I get most of my clients. That's how most people find me. And I would like more traction with my podcast because I'm very proud of that. And I feel like it's a good way for people to get to know me a little bit. Are you Stacy Moves Instagram or what's your handle there? Sacred Body underscore Stacy Ramsauer. Okay. Cool. I will pull that up as well. Okay, so how frequently would you say you are posting? Between, well, like an actual post at least once a week. And I do a lot. I try to do a lot with stories. I make a lot of videos. I think figuring out that visibility piece on social media has been tricky for me because I tend to get into that like, grumpy mindset of what is this? Blah, 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 blah. Totally. <laughs> Again, shooting myself in the foot when it's, this is a really powerful tool and I've gotten a lot of business through this. So just, I don't think, I really don't think there's harm in playing the game, but I have yet to honestly feel like I have a healthy relationship with social media. Okay. Yeah. I, will totally take a look through this and maybe give you some follow-up ideas about Instagram specifically that would later. Be cool. I don't want to like scroll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I definitely can see, I can feel that it's you like on your grid, which is awesome. I feel like a lot of people tend to like hide on social media. 
Yeah. And they try to use it, but they try to just use other people's photos or memes, but this is you. And so that's fantastic. And, but again, somehow I haven't seen this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> who knows you and likes you. So then there's the question of like, okay, how to get in front of more people. Do you do a lot of engaging with other people's pages on social media or do you mostly just post? I mostly post. Okay. I'm honest. Yeah. So I guess a immediate suggestion would be to not follow a billion people, but to follow just even 10 pages that you really do love Yeah. and make it an intention to interact and share their stuff. And or, it's funny because it sounds like you're trying to pretend you're friends with people, but if it feels organic to share their things, it can really just build rapport and expand your network in really powerful ways. The An example with us recently is, and it's not an exact example of this, but it's the idea of pages cross-posting things for each other. I think it was Ida reposted one of our photos and we got 500 new followers the next day or something crazy like that. But that's another really powerful piece with the social media is just not forcing it, but if there are organic ways for you to reach out or even asking people to share your latest stuff, like I would love to share I'm just looking at your podcast stuff. Like we could reshare your episode you did with Marin to our large audience. And there's lots of podcasts of yours that I think I would totally have put in our stories, at least, even if we didn't post it on our grid, for example. Okay. Check out what our friend Stacy's up to. Super easy, cheap, free (laughs) advertising. Can't beat it. Yeah. Utilizing it to its full potential. If you're going to be there would be a first suggestion. Yeah. I love that. That's a really useful phrase for me. Which like one? You're gonna, if you're going to bother being there, if you're going to spend energy on participating in this platform, utilize it to its full potential. Yeah. And I love that you're doing videos. That's something that I feel like we've done a whole lot more of this year. And it feels like it takes a lot less energy. Yeah. It's a lot less draining than picking a photo and writing it up. And especially when you're nursing or have little kids around, it's easier to just like sneak away for 10 minutes and record something I've found. What are you talking about in your videos, I guess, is a question. Or what is the, do you have like a framework or is it just whatever? And like I said, I'll watch stuff later and give you more clear feedback, but. Mostly when I make videos, I'll do that in anticipation of a webinar I'm going to do or a course that I'm launching. So it's specific to that. And that way it also feels like it's a little more specific for me in terms of like the things that I like to talk about. When I have something that I'm promoting, it helps me focus like to rein in what I'm talking about. I do feel like I could do more. Um, I'm so inspired. I'm so inspired by Indie Birth. And I'm so inspired. Actually, I started my podcast because of Marin's podcast, because it was like, I can have a podcast where I talk about things that I find important. Like, I think this podcast is amazing. And there's... It is amazing. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, you've had like amazing people on there. Like such cool topics. Your body podcast with Stacey Ramsauer, in case someone wants to go listen to it, of course. And I do feel confident. I've been a yoga teacher most of my adult life. I studied acting in college. Like speaking Mm -hmm. is not a problem for me. And I feel like that's something that I can utilize 
a skill that Instagram supports. So that's something that I could do more of as far as the videos go. But I would definitely love feedback, something that I know about myself that we've already alluded to. Even one of my one of my teachers said it. She phrased it this way. She said, Sometimes I feel like you're throwing pearls to swine. Like it's so deep. There's so much depth that like that's not what people are scrolling through Instagram for. Simplify. <clears throat> Save a little bit of the stuff. Yeah. Save the stuff. Yeah, that is such a good lesson. I would love for everyone listening to really take to heart. And it's something that I think we are continually learning here at Indie Birth. And I won't get too into it. We've made an introduction. So we made our Birth Warrior project and launched it last year. And it was totally one of those like, how many things can we fit into this course? And that's just like our MO. Uh, Marin's better at it than me actually cutting things. I'm always like, but that one thing is also so wonderful. Like it's so hard for me to let go of giving people every single thing they could ever possibly need. One of my, one of my strengths quest strengths, if you're familiar with Gallup strengths quest is input. So I'm a hoarder of information and I want, I think everybody wants that. I would suspect you are too. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever done that? I did the strengths finder. It's some, a little bit different, but yeah, one of one of my strengths is essentially gathering information. Yeah. So where is it going with that? Oh, just to say that we have the Birth Warrior Project, which has been really successful. There are a lot of people who want it all, right? Like they want to do the whole thing. There's also a ton of people who are like, not so sure they want to do it all. And we made this intro course, like an intro to, what do we even call it? It's called Doula Dreams, Deciding if the Path is Right for You. And it's this really short course people could do in a week. It's self-paced. It's like ultra concise. And people like lost their minds. They loved it so much. And we thought it was hilarious because to us, it felt like not enough. But it was like the right amount (laughs) for for people to then some percentage of go on to bigger offering, but a lot of them, that's all they really needed to flush out their curiosity around becoming a doula. So, so yeah, I would love for you to just ponder that, whether it's with your offerings or maybe a freebie kind of thing, like a little super concise ebook or something yeah. um, to get people into your world or to do some sort of like regular weekly or monthly offering like on Instagram that is really just like your light version of a practice or something. So I guess a question I had about your videos too. I know I looked on your YouTube and you've got a number of like practices there. Yes. Do you do any of that on Instagram? I've done, uh, like I used to do a lot of Instagram lives, yoga practices And my, this pregnancy in particular, I've been really physically uncomfortable. So my whole approach to movement has radically changed. And I just needed to pull back a bit from that, from like sharing movement. So it's also, it feels like a good opportunity because while yoga is such a big part of my life and my orientation to the world, it's not necessarily in that way that a lot of people are used to experiencing yoga. So I'm in the process of figuring out 
how that work and that practice still supports what I'm offering people, but just looks might look different. It really comes down to figuring out a way to give people this experience of their body as this sacred ground. I use this term deliberately. The name of my business is very much on purpose, like ways to be in your body that don't result in this like self-competition or obsession with self-improvement or I can't do this, I'm not flexible enough, blah, 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 which I think yoga, unfortunately, has become a thing that it's, oh, I can never do that. Or people pick it up because they want to look like somebody else. And yeah, so that's a long-winded answer, but... Yeah, I guess I was more envisioning, and this is where I think you would use the word consistency too. And so again, I'm not a total expert on all that you offer. I know on one of the calls you hosted for us, you did a really beautiful, would you call that like a somatic experiencing exercise or what would you have called? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Do you remember that one? Even those kinds of offerings, just even if it was five minutes or 10 minutes, And even if you literally did the same one every time, the same time once a week, which I know is really hard, especially pregnant with a new baby. So maybe this is an idea for down the road, but showing up consistently with a short, simple offering that you could then send out, you can download it, upload it to like Vimeo or YouTube, and then send that out in your newsletter once a week. So for me, I think, something that we've seen is that, yeah, the consistency really does matter and just appearing in front of people matters. And, and it's not necessarily about creating new stuff all the time. So Mary and I both really like to make new stuff. We love creating new things and it's like way less sexy and fun (laughs) in some ways, but in other ways feels really good to just share the same thing many times in just different, slightly different ways So that's something we've done this year is take the same blog post or the same podcast and share it five times with different excerpts and maybe slightly in the different photos or whatever on Instagram. Something I've been playing with the idea of and just haven't had time to do it yet is reading the blog posts that I've written. I have 50 plus posts that I've done in the last bunch of years why write something new? Why not just go back and revisit it and just produce it in another form to reach a new audience? And then the other part is you've got a couple thousand followers on Instagram and Instagram does not show everybody just like any of these platforms. They don't show everybody everything. And so sometimes we as creators and people that put things out into the world, we think people must be so sick of hearing about our most recent podcast, or they must be so sick of hearing about, in our case, like we're always directing people to the podcast archive. I feel like I've said it 10 billion times. And then just the other day, somebody posted, where can I find all the podcasts? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So (laughs) just like endlessly, I don't know. And that's where some people really love, we don't use them, but some people really love like social media planning tools. So you could just literally copy post, paste the same or similar things and schedule them out six months. Just forget about it. 
So you don't feel like you have to come up with something interesting or scroll stopping every single day. So I don't know if any of those ideas are helpful. No, they're really helpful. I have a blog on my website that again, it's this has been here. I link to it. It's stuff that I've said over and over again, but it's solid information and there's no reason why I shouldn't be repeating it or resharing it. And it's also the kind of thing where I'm similar in that I love creating new things, but by the time I've actually written something, I've been thinking about it so intensely for Mm -hmm. a while that it almost feels worn out, but just the ritual of sharing. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, consistency with a particular yoga practice is really critical. So why, like I can be sharing that way too. Totally. Yeah, that was, that's a really helpful idea because there's also not then the pressure to like reinvent the wheel every week when I'm making a post. Absolutely. And as you're sharing and new people are seeing it, I'm, what we've experienced and I would imagine would be the case for you is you're going to get new and different feedback and new and different questions that then maybe will inspire you to be like, okay, I'm going to make a part two to this or Maybe I'd want to do a podcast episode about this. If you're used to posting once or twice a week and you came out with a podcast every month, all of those posts could just be about that same podcast and just keep sending people to the same place to learn this like amazing information and just give them little tidbits to entice them to go listen to the full thing. So yeah, I liked, what's the word I'm looking for? Dedication or something like, and consistency. I think can really pay off. And then same with, like I said, I just want to double down on if you have a newsletter, use the same stuff in your newsletter too, because that doesn't get filtered through the algorithm. And maybe you'll add like a little something special for the people in your newsletter. Sometimes I do like a behind the scenes, like our thought process behind creating things, not just the straight up link, but the point remains that it's still about the same thing and sending them to the same place you don't need to feel like it has to be different in all of these different places. Yeah, I love that. Hello, everyone. If you're enjoying this podcast, you'd probably really enjoy our other more in-depth offerings. We have a comprehensive course for mamas called 13 Moons, Epic Education for the Birthing Year, and an everything-you-need-to-know course for aspiring doulas who want to change the world called The Birth Warrior Project, 120-day doula training and transformation. And for the real birth nerds who want to become home birth midwives, we have the Indie Birth Midwifery School. And you can find out about all of these options and more at IndieBirth.org. That's IndieBirth.org. So taking a turn, but not too far of a turn, it's a curve in the road. Have you done any kind of like advertising, like paid advertising? Not really. I have done like a really short, I've utilized Facebook ads in the past, like a really short kind of targeted thing, but I'm not using Facebook anymore. I just started to find that I prefer to use Instagram and that's where more of my traction is coming from. So 
I'm totally deleted my Facebook account, but to answer your question, not really. I haven't really done any paid ads. Okay. Yeah, I would be curious what that might look like for you with these courses. Uh, There's a large audience obviously out there of people who would be interested like miscarriage and loss is so common I think so many this so many women are struggling with their sexuality or looking for support and options and ideas so there's definitely an audience there and I often go back and forth with the whole advertising thing because in some ways it feels really gross to be like paying these social media giants yeah. <laughs> money. And then in other ways, it feels really cool that we can leverage that to then be making money and producing content that totally is against the grain and radical. It's something to think about. And if it was something you're wanting to pursue, I feel like I've learned a lot in the last year around like how to get those ads in front of the right people. But it comes back over and over again to your target audience. And so it sounds like you have a pretty clear idea of who your target person is. Is that true? Yeah, I always like, and maybe this is problematic, I always like revisiting that question. And sometimes I wonder if that's because of self-doubt. I feel like I always should be revamping (laughs) as opposed to even getting more clear. But with my target audience, it's definitely a challenge for me to... How do I want to say this? Something that I would like some support with. Like I can describe the avatar of the clients that I have, like who tends to come to me, who tends to show up, and is that my ideal client? What a good question. You should answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In the last year, I would say, yes, there's definitely, I'm getting closer, but I can list three things right now that would be more my ideal client. That's not necessarily who's showing up. Oh, great. I'd love to hear your three things. The people that often show up for me are really working with control issues. And so it's like a a rich thing to work through with the techniques that I utilize. It's a trauma response, like needing to control everything and be in charge of everything is a trauma response. And don't necessarily have self-awareness about the problem that that is. So more self-awareness around this is a tendency that I have that is no longer serving me, the need to control the outcome of everything. Okay. That's one of the three things? Yeah. Okay. Definitely my ideal client has a sense of the importance of spiritual practice and has a sense of their own spiritual truth. Okay. Cool. 
what's the third? I think I'm going to come back to that one in a moment. But the was that third, the third oh, yeah, would be a desire to heal relationships, to heal in the realm of relationships, whether that's parental relationships and it's not necessarily like healing looks like I talk to my mom every day on the phone for 45 minutes. It doesn't have to have that like very specific outcome, but healing those foundational relationships is a priority. Cool. That's awesome. And so I think the, this kind of goes two directions. Obviously we were talking about advertising. Mm-hmm. And really any presence you have online or anything you're teaching in person, all of these things should be wrapped into that too. So we could circle back to that in a minute, but I just wanted to share the way that Facebook ads work, which also can post to Instagram. You could also only post to Instagram if you feel like your people are there and not on Facebook, Um, but you have to do it through the Facebook ads manager is my understanding. But so something that's really interesting that we've done this year as we're trying to get in front of new people, because we have a similar goal, right? We want to be in front of more people. We don't want to sell our stuff to people that don't want it, but there's so many people who are like, I wish I would have found your doula training before I did this other one, or I wish I would have done your childbirth ed class before I did this other one. So it feels like So days when I feel gross about giving money to Facebook, I think I'm doing a public service. (laughs) Uh, And I literally had people say, I'm so glad your ad popped up on Facebook. And I'm always like, wow, that is fascinating. I never would have thought someone would say that. But something that we've done is taken our own list like this. And there's some overlap, which is why I wanted to go back to that spiritual practice and spiritual truth piece um, where on the audience that you're setting you literally can pick the interests of the people that you're trying to get in front of. So one of the interests we put in is like Danielle Laporte. Mm, yeah. For example. Are you familiar with her work? Yeah. Because it's someone that Marin and I both really enjoy. And it's, I don't know. So I guess what I'm trying to say is you can be really specific if you can figure out how to translate these things Desire to heal relationships. I know you talk about nonviolent communication. So I haven't tried it, but I bet that's an interest you could put in is nonviolent communication. Awesome. Yeah. And then if there's stuff that really has inspired you or like that you feel like people would have read, you can put in books, you can put in authors, you can put in that kind of stuff. You can get really specific around what are the people reading, listening to, where, what websites do they, what Facebook pages do they like, what Instagram pages do they like? to help those same people then find your work. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So just wanted to put that out there. That's great that you've honed in on those things. And I would think more about, even if you didn't do paid advertising, I would think about what kind of content would be really, what's the word I'm looking for? Would really touch the heart of those things whether it's a blog post that you create or a podcast you record or just keeping those things front of mind. Yeah. That you're really attracting then those people. Yeah. It's so tricky. It has been tricky for me to not get lost in the like conversion process. Like I'm really trying to convert people to this way of thinking because it could help them so much as opposed to 
no, I like, I want ease. I want people to flock to this. Like it should already make sense on a basic level what I'm offering so that we can really get somewhere as opposed to speaking two different languages for months until the relationship just fizzles, which isn't like the entirety of my experience. But I do think that I've spent a lot of time in that mode and not as much traction for that reason. Okay. Are you referring to like with coaching clients? Yeah. 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 Um, Interesting. Even, and this isn't necessarily a bad thing. I I offer free consultations for exactly this reason. Let's figure out Mm -hmm. if we are a good match. But even that, I would love for more of my consultations to be like really generative. Um, Mm -hmm. And some of that comes down to this exactly what you're offering of getting so clear about the target audience and speaking to them with all of my posts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where your nonviolent communication skills come in, which is really interesting. My partner and I have been working with a nonviolent communication coach, actually. Nice. But like deep in this world at the moment and hadn't really put these dots connected these dots, but there's so many times that marketing feels sleazy or like writing the copy for a sales page can feel like I never want to convince someone to buy something. But the nonviolent communication piece really comes in around what is it that you, what need are you trying to meet with your offering? Yeah. And how do you want them to feel when they come away from it? I think that might be something to think more about and to explore is just what are the pain points for people. So even if they don't know what Ayurveda is or if they don't know what somatic experiencing is, it doesn't matter that you can just say, hey, are you feeling these ways? Are you needing this and that more in your life? I might have a solution for you and like a pathway if you're ready to invest. It sounds like you're wanting people who are like invested yeah. in their own healing and not just looking for a quick fix is what I took from what you had just said. So I don't know if that's accurate, but yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that brings me to another place that I really wanted to make sure we got to, which is, and we can go back to any of this. So I'll just okay. say this and then we'll see where it lands and we can go back if needed, but under your courses tab, I really would love to see a full, what we call in the marketing world, a sales page for each Uh of these courses. Like your description here is really beautiful, but I would love to see like a full. So what I mean by that, let me look her up real quick. There's someone who I really enjoy as a copywriter. Her name is Danny Page. And she... I wonder if she still has it. I think she does. It helped us a lot as we were trying to figure out how to frame our our sales pages for our courses. And we worked with her a little bit. And I'll have to go look and see. I'm trying to look right now. Sorry. How does she spell her first name? D-A-N-I. And then Paige is P-A-I-G-E. Okay, great. Thanks. And... 
yeah, I'm going to have to see if I can find it on her site. But she had offered like a, a sales page crash course and all the components and anatomy of a sales page that are so important. And I think, like you said, when we write stuff or when we're so in the world of what we're doing, it's really easy to forget that people are starting often from square one. What is a doula? Yeah. And it might be that your target audience isn't somebody who is there on their journey. That is true. But there might be people who haven't heard about a doula, but after reading the stuff on your website, just an example, or with the course, they might be going through a loss and they might end up on this page and I'm trying to pull it up again. And there's like the two sentences here, which are both really great sentences, but it might not be enough to really get them marinating. And what do I actually need right now? So it's like giving them more space. If that's another way to think about it, that feels good. A sales page gives people space and takes them through like the journey of what it is you are offering. So even if it's a short little course, which I'm not sure, I'd love to hear more about it. Maybe after this call. (laughs) So maybe even if it's short-ish, there's still a lot to say about it, right? Like you could probably talk for an hour about it and probably do in the course. Yeah. Just giving people space to really not have to click off this page. Cause I, when I click it, it comes up with a a little bit longer of a page, but it still doesn't give me everything I'd want, including like testimonials would be really powerful. I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want to pull up our, let me pull it up. We have our 13 moons page and not that either of these are like perfect examples, but we worked hard on both the birth warrior project page and the 13 moons page. So if you wanted to go look at like a template of what a long form sales page that isn't sleazy and is in your niche of birth stuff what it looks like those would be two places to go take a peek great yeah yeah where does that leave you anything you want to revisit or expand on um i'm surprised how grounded i feel (laughs) i often get quite overwhelmed in this realm but i just feel really grounded and i think some of that is having someone like you who I really respect as a person and a business owner reflect back. There's some solid stuff here and that feels grounding. And these are really, I'm just getting to the point, honestly, where I feel some momentum around describing the work that I do in the world. I think because it's, I've been working on it for so long and I'm just at a point where it's, no, this is solid. You can trust my offering. If it's not for you, that's fine. But if you think it might be like, I fully stand behind what I'm offering here. And that's a new sensation. And it's really exciting Mm -hmm. to have this time to not only get the reflection back from you, but also share and hear the words and enthusiasm coming out of my mouth. Yeah, of course I need to flesh out this page because I need like that. And that feels like a good thing to do as opposed to like, Meh, I have to talk about how great I am and blah, 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 like where I've gotten lost in the past. So I really yeah. appreciate it. And the, the simple reminders, part of why I really wanted to talk to you is because I appreciate the transparency that you and Marin have just worked with in terms of 
quote unquote, promoting your work. Um, so I know that you're really in this, <laughs> in this process. I'm going to figure also, it out too. Yeah, it's, it's just been really great. I think you're really great. <laughs> I'm really great. You're really great. <laughs> I feel like I had a couple other thoughts. Great. But I'm trying to remember what they were. Uh, yeah, so I guess a thought that I just wanted to, if, I, if it wasn't clear too, is you, so you have your links in your bio. Yeah. And I love that you have your courses there. And then when those connect to a more fully fleshed out sales page, I think that's going to be really awesome. Yeah. And then I guess I just wanted, yeah, as you were saying that, like the feeling good about what you're offering and being able to stand behind it is so important. And just like with promoting the same content over and over again, if there's anything I've learned in the last couple of years, it's saying your offerings over and over again as well. Even if that looks like just once a week posting in your stories, like just a reminder, or you don't even have to say just a reminder because it'll probably pop up in front of new people. Yeah, just promoting one of your courses or both of your courses every single week there. Again, because people either don't know about it or they might need to see it 10 times before they decide to go for it. Oh, I know what my thought was. So you've obviously like very generously priced this the grief support and pregnancy loss course. Something that I think we've discovered is in the last week, actually, as we're doing this pay what you can experiment is that there are probably are people who would be happy to pay more than that as well. Yeah. So I might investigate what that would look like, what kind of like tech you'd have to bring in to make it more of a sliding scale for people that are like wanting to pay more than that as well, but still keeping it accessible for people who can't. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. I've thought about it a couple of times and I need to reinvestigate what that looks like on the platform I use, offering either pay what you can or just a few different, a few options, because I think you're right. And if I'm honest, like it was more important to me that it was just super accessible, like cost wasn't even something people would have to think about. And, and it's robust. And I think that it's something that people would pay more for and that it's worth it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Yes. I know it's so tricky too in that space. On my like personal local Duluth Midwife website, I have some miscarriage resources and just say that I do it on donation basis because yeah, it feels really hard to be like, what price do I put on this for someone who's like going through one of the hardest experiences of their life? It can feel so tricky. So I get that. And I'm glad that that is an interesting suggestion for you. Can I also ask what the cost is for the sex and motherhood course? I believe it's $77. Okay. 77 or 97. I don't remember. Yeah. It's under a hundred dollars. Cool. And it's six hours worth of content. Cool. Plus the practices and journaling and meditations. And... Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Same. Yeah, we already talked about it, but a full sales page would be really awesome to have just like right there on your website. And then it seems like it's a little bit. So when I click register today, 
but asked me to put in my email first. Do you know about this? Uh uh. So it asked me to put in my email address, and then it asks me to put in my name and pick a password before I've bought it. So maybe I will do that just for fun to see what happens next. It says complete <laughs> and then it tells me how much it is. So I think there's wow. some wisdom in that because then you've captured their email. But if that wasn't intentional, you might just look at the way that's configured Thank and decide if that's how you want it or not. Okay. So there's something in the world of marketing and offers called a two-step order form. And it's this where you have them put in their name and email first so that even if they don't go through with buying it, you have their information so you can continue to send them cool information, perhaps entice them to go through with the order down the road. So that is a thing and maybe would work really well for this, especially the place we use that more often is with like funnels and with advertising, paid advertising that goes to a page where you entice someone, you're like, oh, I have this really cool sex and motherhood course. They click it and then they put in their email and then they see the price and then they either choose to buy it or they don't, but then they'll get your emails. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that might be a thing you want to do, but in this format, it seems like probably more cumbersome than not and confusing. So I would just get the price like on a longer sales page and make it more streamlined to just pay you. Make it easy for people to give you money. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I feel like there's more too, but I'm going to have to let it all marinate a little bit and... Maybe we'll do a part two at some point, either recorded or not. But I guess you feel like you have some action items moving forward. Definitely. And this go, it really feels supportive. And in the wake of a conversation I've had with another kind of mentor coach, I'm going to do three or four podcast episodes with people who work in, in grief, who work in reproductive health, who, and use that as an opportunity to promote the Sacred Ground course, which I'm really excited about. I'm really excited about these conversations. They're people that I've wanted to have on the podcast for a while, so it feels like it ticks several boxes. But with this, in addition to that plan, I feel really solid, and it doesn't feel, again, like reinventing the wheel. It's like work with what I've established. I've done a lot of work already and I really don't want to like always feel like I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. And that's totally advice that I need to take of my own. I told Marin the other, when we were talking about 2021, I was like, can we make a pact with each other that we're not going to make any new courses this year? It's just (laughs) relentless. And then other ones that we've already made totally just start collecting dust. And yeah, I, I guess another thing I would recommend, you've got the two courses, you're working on the third, keep working on your third, but maybe every month, just pick one of the two you already have and really strategize around like, how do I get this in front of more people? And maybe that's even reaching out to some of the like more mainstream, really big pregnancy and birth pages and just saying, hey, could you put this in your stories and just let people know that it's available? Um, I think people are always looking for more resources to send people. When someone asks me about miscarriage, I often send them to the article that Aviva Ram wrote. I send them to some of the work of one of our students, Casey, who wrote like a 
I think it's, see, I can't even describe it right now. I haven't looked at it in a little bit, but like maybe like a seven part ebook or a series on miscarriage. And it's more like the practical stuff, which is really great. But those are the only two even somewhat complete resources. And they're from a completely different angle than what you're offering. So there's a ton of space for what you're offering. It's just making sure that people are aware of it. Um, And yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I feel like I'm so motivated to write like a sex and motherhood ebook right now. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really Do grateful it. for your time and your input, Marco. Thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. And I think that's a really wonderful idea to just to have a freebie on your site. That's probably the most universal in terms of what you're offering. But spend some time thinking about that too. Like what would be the most, if you only made one like free thing and maybe it's not maybe you're not envisioning it being free but you could do like literally a 10 page yep and those it's not even 10 pages with graphics and stuff we do all our ebooks on canva they're essentially an article if you want to imagine it that way like you write an article you call it an ebook because it ends up being 10 to 20 pages that would if you could think of one that kind of covers as much ground as possible to like loop people into your world that could be really powerful to have like very close to the top or at the very top on your website. Yeah. And then I have, sorry, I keep having more things. And this is where maybe (laughs) their website thing. So your testimonials are amazing on your website. I kind of want to read one. Can I read one? Yeah. Jennifer said, uncertainty is terrifying for many people. And for me personally, it is a breeding ground for self-sabotaging beliefs and behaviors. As I've neared what I felt to be the urge to go off the deep end, I knew I needed to schedule a session with Stacy. She never fails to give me hope, the reassurance that I am safe within my body and unconditionally supported. I'm so grateful for the profound impact she's had on my life. So that's amazing. I would take this as I've neared what... I would shorten it and I'd ask her permission, but I I would ask her if I could shorten it too. As I've neared or as I've felt the urge to go off the deep end, something shortening it a little bit. I knew I needed to schedule a session with Stacy. She never fails to give me hope. Like I would just do that in gigantic font. (laughs) You know what I mean? And those are the little tiny tweaks that can just make websites more readable and more engaging as people are just scrolling. So I would just play around with that a little bit. What was the other one that stuck out to me? Her immense capacity to hold space is a rare gem. Just like taking those like little blips out and making them big above the maybe more full flushed out quote, but just taking the little, the the super highlights. Yeah. Is a thought too. And yeah, we have... 10 seconds or less was it three what do they say before people just decide if they're going to close your window your tab or not so i would just maybe work the very top of your website a little bit more just to hook someone who maybe doesn't know what somatic sex education ayurveda yoga and tantra are and hook them with the feeling again and the need and being like this is what I offer and this is why and maybe get maybe save some of the details for down just even a little bit lower like you have the somatic description and definition down below so maybe having a whole section of like definitions could be cool but having the top be just like a big it doesn't have to be like gaudy but like a, a very clear like 
you're here for a reason. Is this why you're here? <laughs> if you're here for this reason, stay here and read more so you don't lose people. It's just a thought. I love it. Cool. We took some meandering side roads, but somehow I feel like we've maybe come to a place of completion. I appreciate you letting me practice on you and just go with the flow here as we chatted. That's definitely how I roll. And it also felt like really, as I said, grounding, very concrete. I feel like I got a ton out of this conversation. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, I feel like a practice session at all. I felt like I just got schooled. (laughs) (laughs) Schooled. I'm really excited to dive a little bit more into your world. If nothing else, I think that we should totally do some more collaborating, of course. And I'm going to share some of your stuff on our Instagram this week. (laughs) I'd be so honored, Margo. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And I am going to get on your newsletter list. And then I'm excited pending. When are you due? Soon? I'm due like end of March, early April. Okay. So you've got a little time. So I'm excited to see you sending out regular newsletters and maybe incorporating some of these ideas. And I want you to tell me how it goes and brainstorm more. Awesome. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you heard, please hit the subscribe button and give this podcast a five-star review. For more enriching content and conversation around the primal physiological process that is pregnancy, birth, and beyond, please head over to IndieBirth.org. And if you are in the Duluth area seeking prenatal and midwifery support, you can find Margo at DuluthMidwife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you.